The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, Great to have you with us today. I hope you're having a a great day and you've had a great week and uh, uh, the start of a a great week ahead. Uh, A couple of things I want to let you know about today. Uh, First of all, today is Newcomer's Lunch Day. I love uh, Newcomer's Lunch. It's a great opportunity for us as a church to... um, uh, introduce ourselves uh, to some people who are, you know, maybe somewhat new today uh, to Coastal, maybe even coming for a little bit, and uh, you'd like to learn a little bit more about uh, whether it's me or the church or just meet some other new people, meet some of our staff, and and uh, so we do that with newcomers lunch, and we do that about every couple of months or so, and uh, we we provide a great meal, we introduce uh, our staff, tell a little bit about our church. And it's a lot of fun. And so it's today, uh, immediately after this service. That's what those uh, tables are for, uh, kind of over there in that area. Uh, so if you're brand new today, today's your first Sunday, uh, you came on a great day. We're going to, uh, if you'd like, you can stick around and we'll feed you lunch. And uh, anybody grow up uh, back in the day when, uh, even if you didn't eat dinner together a lot as a family, but you, you had Sunday dinner together, anybody do that growing up? I don't know. Was there a particular, and you always had the same thing for Sunday afternoon dinner. Anybody have a particular meal? What'd you have? Anybody? Fried chicken. I heard it. Roast. Pot roast. We grew up in our house, but for some reason we always had pot roast. And uh, so guess what? Today we got pot roast for you. We have uh, roast and potatoes and carrots and uh, lots of good food. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And uh, so again, if you've been coming for a little while, never been to a newcomer's lunch, we'd invite you uh, to stick around, even if you didn't sign up for it. We got plenty of food and we'd love, to, love for you to stay and, and enjoy. Uh, the other thing that uh, Ryan mentioned, and I want to kind of uh, mention as well, is that next Sunday uh, we kick off a new series uh, here called Unshakable. Uh, last Sunday we, we put a book at everybody's seat and said that book is, if you haven't read it or whatever, that, you know, sure it's for you, uh, but if you have, uh, we want you to give the book away. Uh, give it to a friend and invite them to come to church for the series. And uh, in your bulletin today is a large postcard, and uh, we're mailing these out to uh, West Ashley, James Island, John's Island. Uh, this week, but uh, we wanted to give them to you as well. Uh, so take them. Uh, if you need more, uh, we got a stack of them out there in the kiosk in the Welcome Center, and um, pass them out. Friends and family, coworkers, neighbors, uh, invite and bring somebody to church next Sunday. We're, uh, the series is again called Unshakable, and uh, kind of the uh, the tagline for it is Standing Strong in the Storms of Life. And uh, you can see that's kind of what the, the picture there is on the front. Uh, we know a little bit of something about storms uh, here in Charleston, of course. We're in the middle of hurricane season. But the reality is, is that everybody uh, has experienced a storm uh, going through some sort of difficulty in their life. And the, the fact of life is you're either in the middle of a storm right now, you're coming out of a storm, or you're headed into one. Okay, we're all going to face storms, but the reality is because of our faith, we can learn to stand strong. Uh, we can learn to be unshakable. And uh, that's what the series is going to be about. We're going to talk about some of the common storms of life that people face. And that's what the book is all about uh, as well. So it's going to be a great series. I, I hope that you're looking forward to it. And I hope that you'll invite and bring someone to come, uh, especially next Sunday as we kick off the series. And I, and I want us to talk about that. In fact, today, I specifically want to challenge you to and invite and bring the people that you work with. Uh, the reality is most of you spend most of your time throughout the week at your workplace with the people uh, that you see you know, Monday through Friday or throughout the week. Uh, and I really believe that 
that is your primary mission field as a believer, that God has you at your workplace uh, for a reason and for a season, uh, if for nothing else, to show people uh, what a follower of Jesus looks like. And so I want, to talk us, I want us to talk about that today. I want us to talk about, you know, how do I, you know, live my faith where I work? How do I live my faith? How do I share my faith? How do I allow my faith to permeate all of the areas of my life, uh, including where I work? You know, I, I think one of the problems that we face, though, is that we tend to separate and segment our lives into all of these different little areas. Like, for example, let's say that we had a pie chart this morning. Well, what we do is we tend to divide up that pie chart and we'll say, okay, this little slice of the pie, you know, and probably it's a fairly large slice for most of us, it's, it's our work life. Because that's where you spend, you know, again, so much of your time, 40, 60 hours plus a week uh, there. And so, and then you have another slice of your life that you give, you say, well, this is my relational life, or this is for my family. And then you have another piece of the pie that you say, well, these are the kind of extracurricular things, maybe my hobbies, the things that I do in my off time. And then we say typically, well, and then over here, this is my spiritual life. You know, this is the, the slice of pie that, that I give to God. And, and we divide up our lives into all these little segments. Well, the problem with that, though, is that that's not the way it was ever intended to be. Your faith cannot be segmented. It can't be divided up into little, little portions. Faith has got to permeate the entire pie. You see, Christianity, following Jesus, was never meant to be a, a private or a separate thing. Now, sure, it is a personal relationship with God. We talk a lot about that here. But it, it's, uh, it's not something that you're to keep separate. It's not something that you keep private. Instead, you know, Jesus taught that a relationship with him, instead of being segmented into a, into a portion, into a slice of the pie, it's to permeate the entire thing. It's to permeate everything that you do, everything that you are. I love how 1 John 3.18 says it. It says this, Dear children, let us stop just saying that we love each other, but let's really show it by our actions. So it's not enough just to, you know, to show it or to say it. You've got to show it with your faith. You know, so how do you do that? You know, how do you show your faith? How do you express your faith where you work? Well, I want us to talk about that today, especially as I'm challenging you to reach out to the people uh, that you work with. I want to give you kind of a little four-step process of living out your faith in the workplace. I think it starts with this. Number one, let people know that you're a Christian. Somehow, some way, where you live, work, and play, you've got to let people know that you are a, a follower of Jesus. Now, I cautiously say that to you, okay, because for the most part, most believers are really terrible at this. We tend to go to extremes. We tend to be, you know, very obnoxious about it. And, and, and really, uh, that's not what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about is very prayerfully, very, very thoughtfully, very strategically, you allow it to be a part of your normal conversation, this idea that you are a person of faith, that you follow Jesus. And what you're doing is you're just really establishing the groundwork. You're laying the foundation. You're letting people know that you're a person of faith. Now, again, for the most part, I think 
we're really bad at this because we have this stereotypical idea of how we think that has to play itself out. Let me tell you how you're not supposed to do this, okay? For example, let's say you go out to lunch, you know, with some of your coworkers and I don't know, you're, you're at some fast food place, maybe you're at McDonald's and you're standing in line and you're about to place your order and, and the person behind the, line, you know, behind the counter goes, hey, would you like fries with that? And then, you know, kind of loudly to announce to everybody, you think, hmm, let me think. What would Jesus do? You know, okay, that, that's bad. Don't do that. That's not what I'm talking about. Or you're at a conference or, you know, you're at a business meeting and, and uh, one of your coworkers is obviously, you know, trying to find a seat and there's a seat there next to you. And so they walk up to you and they go, hey, is that seat saved? And you go, no, but I am. Let me share Jesus with you. No, that's, that's a bad idea. That's, that's not what I'm talking about, Okay. But we tend to do things like that as Christians. We tend to be very obnoxious about our faith. That's not what I'm saying. Instead, what you do is you work it in naturally when it comes up as a part of the conversation. You know, for example, tomorrow, almost everybody in this room is going to have some conversation like this, okay? Hey, what'd you do this weekend? You know, and for the most part, you know, you're going to say things like, hey, you know, man, the weather was great. I enjoyed it. We got outside. We went to the beach. We spent some time, you know, on, on, the, on the river or we, uh, you know, we went to this particular restaurant. The food was great. We watched some football. We went to the football game. Why not, you know, again, just as a part of the conversation, say, hey, and on Sunday, our family went to, the, went to church and it was awesome. You know, boom, very simple. You know, throughout the week, when you come to work, there are going to be people who say, hey, what did you guys do last night? What, 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 you know, what were you up to? Man, I went to life group with some of, my, some of my great friends. We had an awesome time. And again, you just allow it to become a part of the, the natural flow of your conversation. You see, we're always being taught today that, you know, oh, goodness, you know, Religion and politics should never come up. In fact, don't, you know, that, that really should ne- has no place, you know, in the workplace, no place in everyday, you know, language. Listen, what world do you live in? You know, it comes up all the time. Religion and politics come up all the time, just in a negative way. You know, so why not, why not you be positive? Why not you speak up about your faith when you have opportunities to do it and, and just naturally let people know, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm, I'm learning more and more what that means and, you know, uh, I'm growing in my faith. You know, and so then when, you know, when someone's in need, you let them know that, that you'll pray for them. Maybe you even, you know, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, when, when you're, you know, when you and your coworkers go out to lunch and you're the only believer there and you say, let's now join hands and pray. Listen, you know, why would you do that? I mean, like, these people don't pray. They don't even know what that means, you know? And so that's not what I'm talking about. But when someone's in need, you let them know that you'll be there, that you'll stand with them, that when there's something, you know, you just naturally let people know that you're a person of faith. The Bible says to be wise as a serpent, be gentle as a dove. In fact, the, the word Christian, by the way, is very interesting anyway. You know, did you know that the very first time the word Christian was used, it was after Jesus, okay? In fact, it was after he'd resurrected, after he'd gone back to heaven. As a matter of fact, Jesus never used the word Christian. It wasn't until uh, the apostle Paul and Barnabas were on their first missionary journey that the word Christian ever is used. In fact, uh, it's in Acts chapter 11. Listen to this, verses 25 and 26. It says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called what? 
Christians first at Antioch. So there it is. It's the very first time they were ever called Christians. Now, you need to know something, though. When they were first called Christians, it it wasn't a positive term. It, it, It was a criticism. It was derogatory. They were poking fun at them. You know, the the people in Antioch saw this little emerging group of, you know, Saul and and Barnabas and and were teaching and and the people are watching them and they're going, who do you think you are? A bunch of Christians? Now, the reason they said that was because the word literally means little Christ. In other words, who do you think you are? A bunch of little Christs? You know, who do you think you are? Jesus? Jesus? Again, after all, the people in Antioch, they'd heard about Jesus. They, they heard him say that he was more than a man, that he believed he was the Messiah. They'd heard about the resurrection. And here comes Saul and Barnabas, they're teaching. And so the people from the outside are looking in, they're saying, you know what? The way you're living, the way you're, the things that you're saying, you must think that you're little Jesuses. And so Saul and Barnabas said, you know what? You're right. That, that's a great term. You know, that's exactly what we're trying to do. As followers of Jesus, we're trying to be like him, to live like him, to live like Christ. Let me me give you a little modern day uh, example of that. Okay, obviously, we're, again, politics comes up all the time. We're in the middle, you know, facing an election year. And, uh, you know, sadly, you know, but true, we have two, you know, candidates. You know, we have Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So let's imagine for a second that some of you decide you're going to go to work for one of their campaigns, okay? Whatever your particular political persuasion might be. And so you, you dedicate yourself to their campaign. You dedicate yourself to their message. So much so that you're, the people around you begin to notice and they begin to say things. You know what? You're nothing more than a little Trump. You know, you're, you're, you're a little Hillary, okay? Well, that's exactly what the, what the word means here. It means you're a little Christ, You're so committed to the teaching of Jesus, to the life of Jesus, that people call you a Christian. Wouldn't it be cool that you so lived your life like Jesus that people notice the difference? Now, at some point, though, you actually have to let people know what the difference is. You've got to tell them that you're a follower of Jesus. You see, it's not... Either or, it's both and. You've got to live it and you've got to share it. Now, I know the, the reality is some people have kind of bought into this idea, well, you know, you should never, ever express your faith publicly. You've got to just keep that private and just people will notice. Okay, well, I understand exactly what you're saying and I hope they do notice, but if you think that They're just going, I mean, what I'm trying to say is ultimately that's kind of an extreme way to live. That's kind of a dangerous way to live. In fact, if you've bought into that way of living to just keep it private and to never share with anybody why you live the way you live and why your life is the way it is, then, you know, uh, maybe a quote, a favorite quote of yours, and it really is a great quote by St. Francis of Assisi who once uh, said, you know, you should preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. Okay, now that is a great quote. But if you've bought into the idea that you're just expecting people to see how you live and automatically know that you're a follower of Jesus, you need to remember something. The title in front of Francis' name was what? Saint. 
You see, the, the only people that are going to know you're a Christian by the way that you live is for you to live like you're a saint all the time. Now, the reality is, guess what? Most of us don't. You know, I can tell you the truth. I have never lived my faith in such a way so well in front of people that when I'm walking in Walmart, people just, you know, drop to their knees and they fall on their face and worship the God of heaven and go, wow, you must be a Christian. And I go, well, that's right. Just call me St. Christopher. Now let's baptize you in lawn and garden. No, that never happens. It, it never works out that way. Instead, usually when I tell people a Christian, they're like, what? You? Come on. You know, and then, but then I got the opportunity to say, you're right. You know what? I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. And what it means is that I'm learning to grow in my faith and I'm be learning what it means to follow Jesus. And so you just got to let people know it's some, it's some way. Now, again, prayerfully, strategically. By the way, that's the definition of a Christian. A Christian is not somebody who's perfect. A Christian is not someone who has it all together. It just means you're forgiven. It just means that you're becoming you know, you're becoming more and more like God already sees you. And so you let people know, I don't have it all together. I'm not a saint. But I found someone who gives me hope. And I'm a follower of Jesus. And so it's both and. Sure, you've got to live your life in such a way that people, you know, think that you're a follower of Jesus. But at some point, you've got to tell them why. It's both. So the first step in living out your faith, again, let people know you're a follower of Jesus by your words and your actions. But that, that leads me really to number two. The second step is to live with integrity. To live with integrity. Uh, you, you want integrity. I mean, I, I think we would all agree in here. Integrity is such a missing ingredient in the workplace today, isn't it? I mean, it is. And so one of the ways that you and I as believers, as missionaries in the workplace, one of the ways we can show our faith is to make a commitment to live with integrity. Proverbs 10.9 says, The man of integrity walks securely, but, but, the one, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. Listen to me. At your work, you are always going to face challenges to your integrity. You're going to face, you know, temptations to, to take, as it says here in Proverbs, the crooked path. You know, like, like abusing money, like misusing relationships, like sexual issues, like a, abusing your, your, uh, your uh, expense account, stealing, taking office supplies, entertaining or spreading gossip. Listen to me. Integrity matters. Integrity matters. If you are a believer, listen, you should be the best worker. You should be the one who not only shows up on time, but you're early. Why? Because you work for the Lord. The Bible says that if you will, will live with integrity, you will be blessed. Look what Psalm 119.1 says. Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. One translation says happy. One translation uses the word blessed. Why? Why, why would you be blessed or joyful or happy if you live with integrity? Well, because if you live with integrity, you have nothing to fear. You know, you have nothing to hide. Again, back to that verse in Proverbs. You are walking securely. You know, one of the best ways that I know to reinforce this principle, again, is to recognize that ultimately you are not working for that boss. 
You are not working for a nameless corporation. Even if you're self-employed, you don't work for yourself. You don't, you don't work for a paycheck. Some of you are going, Pastor Chris, that's obvious. I don't work for my paycheck. But anyway, listen, as a believer, you are working for God. You might be tempted to cheat another person. You might be tempted to cheat a nameless corporation. But you wouldn't want to cheat God, would you? Well, you know what? If you do that at work, that's who you're cheating. Listen, as, as a believer, you ought to be the best coworker. You ought to be the best at what you do. Why? Because Colossians 3.23 puts it this way. Work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do. How many of you would like to have those people at your workplace? People who work hard, people who work cheerfully. Now let's look at the, the second part of this. As though you were working for who? The Lord. Not for people. Again, that's integrity. That's putting forth your entire effort. It's doing your job to the fullest. It's showing up early, showing up prepared, doing the very best you can do because you work for God. Number three, the third step in sharing your faith at work is to be on the lookout for ways to share your faith. So again, follow this, this little you know, transition here. You start by letting people know by the way you live and, and the words that you share that you're a follower of Jesus and you, and you back that up with, with working with integrity, backing up your faith with integrity. But now you take it one step further and you're actually looking for ways, prayerfully, strategically, to, to tell people what your faith is all about. Listen, you should always be on the lookout for these opportunities. God is constantly orchestrating opportunities in your life. We call these divine appointments. And don't you believe that the place he's going to share most of them with you is the place where you spend most of your time? Listen, there are people there in your workplace who are searching, who are seeking God, who have questions, who are hurting. And if you're prayerful, if you're mindful, if you're strategic... God will open these doors for you. And if you're alert, you can take advantage of those opportunities and make an eternal difference in somebody's life. Colossians 4 or 5 says, live wisely among those who aren't Christians and make the most of every opportunity. One of the ways that we can be proactive in sharing our faith publicly is to make sure that you're growing in your relationship with God privately. You know, in, in, in fact, I really believe that how active you are in, in sharing your faith and, in, 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 you know, being aware of those open doors, those divine opportunities has a lot to do with how you're growing in your faith privately. In fact, do a little self-evaluation. You know, think back over the last several months. How have you been doing at sharing your faith, at noticing and taking advantage of those divine appointments? You see, the reason you might not be public with your faith is because something's wrong privately. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you've been steering away from some of those habits that you know that help you to grow your faith. And by the way, I, I didn't just make up this principle on my own. In fact, 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16 put it this way. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. Now stop right there for a second. Again, that's, 
That's that private relationship. That is that, that personal encounter with God that's growing in your relationship with him, worshiping him as, as the Lord of your life. And if you're doing that, listen to this. When someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do that in a gentle and respectful way. Again, don't forget the first two verses there. You must worship Christ as, as the Lord of your life. And so if you're maintaining this private relationship with Christ, if you're growing in your walk with him, then you're going to be quick to notice those open doors of opportunity when he gives them to you. Now, there's a bunch of uh, doors of opportunity that God gives us, I think, to share our faith publicly. And I put these, uh, three of them at least for you here on your outline. One of those ways that you can share your faith is just praying for people. Listen, they don't even have to know that you're praying for them. You just pray for them. In fact, here at Coastal, we provide all these little, uh, uh, where are they at? Here we go. Uh, invest and invite cards. We give these away periodically. We put them in, your, in the bulletin. I think we put them in your bulletin uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it's just to remind us that we should always be praying for people. On the back, it says, the following is a list of three people that I am investing in and inviting to Coastal Community Church. And I make a commitment to pray for them daily, to share my verbal witness and invite them to coastal. There, there ought to always be at least three people on your mind and on your heart that you're praying for. Another way that you can share your faith when God opens the door is just by being ready to care for them. Listen, all around you, especially in your workplace, there are opportunities to care for people, to serve people. And if you're looking for them, and if you're praying for them, then you're going to notice those times of sickness, times when people are hurting, those times of transition in people's lives, times when they're celebrating. They are all around you. If you'll just open your eyes and open your heart. And then, of course, I, the very last way is just verbalizing your faith. Just giving a very clear, very concise witness and telling people what it means to follow Jesus. Now, I realize that just me saying that, that you think, man, there's some times when God maybe has opened the door and I want to share, but I just don't know what to say and I'm not sure it's going to come out right. Well, so here at Coastal, we give you a little free resource, this little book called The Difference Maker. We give them away out there in the little kiosk, and it's just a great little resource to step you through how do I share my story? How do I you know, express my faith verbally? How can I put that in a clear, concise way? How can I invite somebody uh, to church? Now, by the way, I really believe that one of the best ways to verbalize your faith is simply what I just said, to share your story, to tell other people this story. Of, and again, this is not something you do right off the bat. You've got to earn the right to be heard. You develop a relationship. You're praying for them. You're loving them. You're serving them. And I guarantee you that at some point, you will have the opportunity to share with people what a difference Jesus has made in your life. That's your story, and everybody here in this room has one. You know, what, what, what was my life before I became a Christian? You know, how did I become a Christian? And what a difference he's made in my life. And then the other way, not just uh, it, uh, sharing your story, but inviting them to Coastal. Inviting them to church. You never know what a difference that might make in somebody's life. Because we guarantee you that if you bring them here, if you invite someone to church, we're going to point them to Jesus. We're going to share the good news of the gospel. So again, look back over your outline for a second. Uh, you, you let people know that you're a believer through your actions, through your words. You live with integrity. You do what you do unto the Lord. And then you look for ways to share your faith. You pray for people. You care for them. You serve them. And then you share your story and you invite them to church. But then, the one that brings them all together is this last one, number four. Make a decision to love people outrageously. 
love them outrageously. I mean, I love that word, outrageous. Why? Because God loves you outrageously. He loves you. I ran across a great quote um, from this book called Exceptional Leadership. This is what it says. People are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you are successful, you win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do today will perhaps be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be frank and honest anyway. The biggest person with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest person with the smallest mind. Be big anyway. People favor underdogs, but they follow hot dogs. Fight for the underdog anyway. What you spend years building can be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but they may attack you if you help them. Help them anyway. Give the world your best, and sometimes you get kicked in the teeth. Give the world your best anyway. If better is possible, then good is not enough. Love people outrageously. I like that. Listen, open your mind and open your heart and look for ways to love the people that God has put in your life outrageously. What do I mean by that? I mean, you know, look for ways to go above and beyond. That's so rare today. I mean, look for ways to sacrifice. Look for ways just to, to surprise people. Let me, let me share a little, uh, a little way we kind of uh, put that into action uh, here at our church, especially uh, like through our staff. Um, a week before school started here in Charleston County, uh, we... We're, we got a phone call from uh, Charleston County wanting to know if they could use our facility uh, for a meeting here before, the week before school started. And, of course, we told them, yes, we'd love for you to, you know, use our facility. And uh, so we, had a, we hosted uh, a group of about 105 uh, speech pathologists, school psychologists, and, and teachers uh, here for a, a meeting. It was all morning long. And um, so we decided, it's like, man, let's just, let's roll out the red carpet. Let's really just, you know, love on these teachers. I mean, it's the week before school. They're not excited. You know, school's coming and kids are coming, whether they're ready or not. And, you know, and if there really is a group of people in our community at times that feel, feel you know, put down and used and abused, it, it really is our teachers. And so let's, you know, and of course we had a couple schools right across the street here. So let's roll out the red carpet and let's love on them. And so we did. I mean, you know, the whole staff that day, we just went above and beyond and tried to provide little things and take care of little things for them and, you know, just really went above and beyond. We got them started and they were all appreciative. We even, uh, we gave away a free copy of uh, the Unshakable book to everybody because, you know, they're teachers and they like to read. And so we gave them one of those. And then um, we went back to staff meeting and it was, we, as the staff meeting got started, we were like, oh, you know what? We should have thought about this. Let's, let's call Chick-fil-A 
and uh, let's, let's see if we can cater lunch for them. Because they didn't, you know, they're just letting everybody go and, you know, out right around lunchtime. And I said, well, let's just provide a free lunch. And we'll just get a bag lunch. They can pick it up. They can eat it here, take it to go, whatever. And uh, so we called it. We, you know, it was really a last-minute thing. We called up. Hey, I don't know if y'all can do this, but we'd really like to provide this lunch for everybody. We'll pay for it, you know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, they said, sure, we'll, we'll do it. We, we can get it done. So we went over, picked up the lunch, spread out tables. Oh, my goodness. Like, you would have thought they'd won the lottery or something. Like, oh, my goodness, chicken. You know, it's like, you know, free chicken. You know, chicken, you know. You know. So, I mean, they were just going crazy, just could not believe that, you know, that we had done this. They were thanking us and thanking us. And, and it was really a, a great little, you know, great little afternoon. Well, okay, so fast forward to uh, Life Group Sunday two weeks ago. And uh, we're, we're, I'm at my table, Bod for God, my men's group table. And uh, this guy comes up to me, and I don't know him. And he says he's from uh, uh, out of town. And he says, you know what, Pastor? You never know, you know, uh, you know the actions that we do, what, what, what happens in people's lives. And the way he said it at first, he was kind of not aggressive, but I was like, oh, my gosh, what did we do? We heard, you know, <laughs> somebody's mad. And then it really quickly went really positive. And he said, listen, um, I've been inviting this person to church for a long time, and uh, th- this lady, and she's a, uh, she's a teacher, and I've been inviting her to church, and she pro- he goes, honestly, for, a, for the longest time, she, just, she claims to be an atheist, and really would have nothing to do with, you know, me and my wife, we've been inviting her to church, she never come, and want anything to do with us, or anything, you know, that we're about, and, uh, you know, I've been inviting her, and then this past week, she said, you know what, I won't go to church with you but I'll go to Coastal Community Church. He was like, okay. And I was, I was like, same thing, okay. And I said, well, really? And I said, so what happened? And he goes, he goes, well, let me ask you. Did y'all do like a meeting here and give people like lunch or something? And I said, yeah, we did. He goes, well, she was in that meeting. And she was just blown away by, by the love and, and the generosity uh, of your church. And so I've been inviting her to church, and she said, nope, I won't go with you, but I'll go to Coastal Community Church. And so she came, she brought, yeah, that's great, hey. Um, she came, she brought a friend, and they brought a friend. And she's here today, Stanton, I'm just teasing, not here today, I'm just taking up that story, I don't know. That would have been great, we baptized her right there. But again, um, all I'm trying to say is, opportunities are all around you. If you'll just open your mind and open your heart and you'll be prayerful. You know, it, it, sometimes as, as Christians in the workplace, we just go to these extremes and, you know, we, 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 we clutter our desk with all this Jesus junk, you know, and then we don't live with integrity. We don't love and serve the people that we work with and it becomes an affront to them. Okay? It, it, that's what happens. In fact, Jesus put it this way in John 13, he said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciple. So how far should we go in our outrageous love? Well, we need to go as far as Jesus went. You know, because as Christians, remember, we're to act like little Christs. And Jesus went all the way. Ephesians 5, 2 says it this way, live a life full of, Filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us 
and he offered himself as a sacrifice, a pleasing aroma to God. Jesus went as far as he could. He went all the way to the cross and he stretched out his arms and he said, I love you this much. Man, that's outrageous. That's outrageous love. Listen, look back at your outline. Decide this week that you're going to let people know by your actions and by your words that you're a follower of Jesus. And you're going to live your life in the workplace with integrity because you work for the Lord, not for a boss, not for a corporation. You work for God. And you're going to look for ways to to share your faith through prayer, through service, through, and then finally, through love. You're going to put it all together and love people outrageously. And I promise you that if you do that, man, you're going to have opportunities all around you to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. You know, I just really believe that uh, God has a name on this card for you. There's somebody in your life, somebody that you work with, somebody in your family, in your neighborhood, in that next cubicle, and they got their name on this. You know, listen, this is the way that the kingdom of God expands. This is how we make a difference in the lives of people. You are a missionary where you live, work, and play. And God has you at that, you know, stop complaining about where you work. Stop complaining about your coworkers. You know, they should act that way. They're not followers of Jesus yet. You know, but they are the object of God's love. They should be the, you know, the, the mission of your heart is to love them, to serve them. So today, I want us to pray. I want us to pray for your friends, for your neighbors, for your coworkers. And I want us to pray that you'll... Uh, Approach, approach your, your job with a new, a new heart and a new attitude. Maybe you're here today and from the moment you came in and from the moment we started singing songs, you've just been, and you, maybe you can't put a word on it yet. Maybe you can't explain it, but God has been speaking to you. Not in a verbal way, not, you know, you didn't see a 60-foot Jesus or anything like that, didn't hear a voice audibly. But the truth of the matter is you know that you know that God has been drawing you to himself. That's why you're here. You're not here by mistake. And you're hearing again that God loves you outrageously. So much so that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for your sin, your mistakes, your your screw-ups, your faults. Call it what you will. Somebody had to pay the penalty for your sin. And somebody has. His name is Jesus. And if you'll put your faith and your hope in him and him alone and begin a relationship with him, he will give you purpose for life. He will give you a clean conscience. He will forgive you of your sin. He'll give you his spirit to live within you, to empower you. He will reserve a home in heaven for you forever and you will be adopted into the forever family of God. And you can do that today. You can come home today. That verse says, he loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us.
He did that for you. And today you can come home. It is, it is as beautiful and yet as simple as a prayer. Just pour your heart out to him. Confess your, your sin, your waywardness, and just say, God, forgive me, I want to come home. I believe. As much as I know how, as much as I understand, I believe that, that Jesus is your son. I believe he went to the cross for me. I put him on that cross, my sin, my failures. And I believe that death and sin could not keep him down. He rose from the dead and he is alive. And I put my faith in him and him alone and what he did for me. No longer am I gonna try to improve myself by my own goodness. All that leads is to frustration. All that ends up leading to is rebellion or religion where you come to believe that's just this long list of do's and don'ts and it's not. That's not gonna get you into heaven. That's not... That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a personal relationship with God through faith in his son, Jesus. And you can have that today. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.